Ted Jones messed with the wrong melon farmers. Ted Jones, I also call him the eighth wonder of the real estate world. Ted Jones, who knows, you know, it could be... Ted Jones? The Ted Jones World Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the Ted Jones World Podcast. I am your host, Ted Jones. Ted Jones World 52, 52 weeks in a year. So about around that year anniversary, uh, Pat and I started this podcast on a whim a long time ago. There is no producer Pat here today. I am in the studio alone, but shout out, Pat. We love you, bro. This week on the show, we have a very funny comedian. You may have seen this guy on your TV screen, Dave Merej. Dave has a number of project that, projects that he has worked on in the last couple of years. And joining us today from Dave, where are you, man? I am in Los Angeles. Joining Silver us are from Los Angeles. And Dave, how are you, man? How's everything? I'm all right, man. I'm, I'm out here in Silver Lake, dude. Oh, Silver Lake. Dude, is that like the, is that the Brooklyn of LA right now? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, kind of, I guess. Like, uh, if, like hipster wise, I guess, right? Right. Like or is that even Williamsburg? like, yeah, is that even relevant, I guess, anymore to say hipster? Is there, is there, there has to be like a new, there has to be something newer than that, I feel. No, I know. Like hipster, like, I, I feel like, you know, when you talk about hipster, that's the price, that's like the price point where it's like, oh yeah, you know, like the hipsters are moving in so everybody can afford it. But like, I'm <laughs> sure like, that is definitely not the case in Silver Lake and for sure not the case in Williamsburg. Yeah. So Dave, you are in Los Angeles right now, not always been in Los Angeles. You grew up in Canada and then moved to LA for comedy, but just give us like a, a quick bio of yourself, bro. Um, I moved, I grew up in a place called Windsor, Ontario, uh, which is in Canada, but it's on the border of Detroit. So down, like growing up the border, I could get to downtown Detroit in my, like with my parents, um, 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Like wow. there's a and, tunnel and on a you, bridge. You'd still, you'd still have to go through the whole border process. Yeah, How long so did you, that take? Uh, well, be, before 9-11, I would say faster. <laughs> So right. I don't mean to laugh, but uh, <laughs> we would take the, t we live by the tunnel. Like, so you'd go under in the tunnel and it wouldn't take that long, depending how busy the day was, like if there was a lineup. Um, and then there's the bridge on the other side of town. So we, we, we were by the tunnel, but yeah, I grew up there and then I started my comedy there and then I moved to Toronto uh, and I was there for about 10 plus years until about 2015 and 16, I started to uh, get my green card and moved to Los Angeles, lived in LA for about a year or so, and then moved to New York for around 2017 till about this June. Okay, and you're in LA, you believe for good right now? Like when did you, when you, sign, you signed a lease on your I signed place? a lease for a year, yeah, yeah. So a lease a year, so. So how, how does LA look right now? I mean, compared to how you know and, you know, normally move, move around LA in terms of like the comedy scene and just everything? Well, there's really no shows. You know, a friend of mine, Paul Aaliyah and Matt Reif, they, they do a comedy show outside. That, that's like... There's, there's other shows that are outside. I think there's like drive-in shows, but I mean, it's not like how it was uh, before COVID where it was like you were doing comedy on a regular basis. Um, as like, I was in New York when at the height of it and it, it, it feels, you know, it felt way different than in what New do you, York. What, at, the, at the height of what? Sorry. COVID. Okay. The height of COVID. So it was like much more isolation. 
Um, here, you know, with more space, it just feels a bit different in that aspect. Right. I don't know how to explain. It just feels like I know it's there. You know it's there. Like, you know, the numbers are going up, but it just doesn't feel like when I was in New York. It doesn't feel like it's on top of you almost. I don't right. know. It's like it's spread out. People are in their cars. You don't really see anybody that much. Like, you know, no, you're not you on the street. Yeah, sorry. Well, you, you mentioned like things being spread out. You don't really see everyone as much. And LA, um, I mean, at least for when I visited, for the most part, it's kind of like you're at wherever you're staying and then you're driving to wherever you're going yeah. to. So, yeah. you, you know, it seems like a little bit confusing and I don't want to say mind boggling, but when you look at like in New York City, like for the most part, it's pretty dead here. There are definitely a few restaurants that are open and people are trying or the restaurants are trying to do business outside, but struggling, obviously. Yeah. Why do you think that LA's cases have still been going up? Sorry, man. We just want to pick your brain. Cause like we haven't had someone from LA on the podcast in a few months. And we just want to see if you guys are flattening the curve, man. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's also too outside of LA, like maybe orange County. There might be still, people just wiling out and doing their thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I right. see well, Orange County is pretty red. You know, I, I feel yeah. like they like, they don't really mess with the mass as much in an orange County. No, I don't want to generalize. But like, <laughs> I don't want to generalize like, either. It's kind of like how, how, but, how it feels a little bit, or even just like looking um, on the news and, you know, scrolling through Instagram and whatever it is, but correct. I, I've, I've spoken to like, a few apartment brokers here and they seem to think that for the rest of 2020 this is going to be the time where you can get the cheapest apartment since like 2008 like it's been it's been 12 or 13 years since they've seen studio and one bedroom rents at this low of a rate and then everyone's really jumping on the outdoor space so anything that really has any sort of outdoor space is just going to be getting a premium and i would assume that in LA the rents maybe are staying at like a solid level. I mean, have yeah. you spoken with like a bunch of your friends? What are they, what are they saying? I think it's at a solid level. Like, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't talked to many people that said it's gone low out here. I've talked to more people in New York and they said that the rent has dropped. So, you know, I don't know a hundred percent, but that's just from what I've collected from talking to people. It looks like New York's dropping in rent. Yeah. Well, Dave, we need a vaccine. So let's get to the juicy stuff, bro. <laughs> Um, I definitely want to start off by talking about two massive moments in your career. Um, about 18 months ago, you dropped your Netflix special. And I remember watching that. It was probably about uh, January of 2019. It dropped. Yeah. So how do you think that that, um, you know, doing your Netflix special really impacted your career over the past 18 months? 2018 I got the call I think it was in June I was still in New York I was in living in Ridgewood too and I remember I remember where was it? I remember being in uh this cafe down the street from where I was living and then at the time it was like I didn't really know what I was doing I knew I mean like I knew I was doing comedy but I would be I moved to New York at an older I, you know I, it was just hard to get stage time and get a placing placing in that city so I was kind of like dealing with depression and just like frustrated from the whole thing and I remember being in this cafe my manager in Canada called me he goes hey man they put your name in for this Netflix thing and I had no idea I was like oh that's wild that they're picking Canadians you know because before that you don't, you don't see many Canadians that are still in Canada with specials so like I was like oh that's good for the country just just for the country I was speaking I was like what a dope thing for the scene 
to have a, you know, because we have so many talented people in Canada. Uh, uh, so I kind of was like, whatever. And then I think maybe like that, two weeks later, I got word. I was with another uh, friend of mine from Canada, Alex Pavone, very funny comedian. He, uh, he was actually, we were at this cafe and, or this restaurant. I go, I go, Hey man, I gotta go take a shit. <laughs> and then I get down and my manager called me and he was, he was so geeked. He was like, dude, it's, I think he said, dude, like, he goes, it's happening. They gave it to you. There and you then go. I sat on there talking to him for 45 minutes, bro. Pavone must've been like, this guy's, what happened to this guy? So when I get up to go up, Pavone at the table and he's, you could tell he's livid. Like, where the, where were you, bro? And right when I get to the table, I go, I got Netflix like that. And then he went from look like frustration to hugging me. And we both cried. I remember Damn, we both bro. cried. And then, uh, you know, I, I just got chills and I know everyone listening and watching just got chills too. Keep going, keep going. And this guy, there's another comedian, uh, Christian, a funny dude. He, he by chance was there because there was a comedy show downstairs. Pavone mm-hmm. would think it was going on. He came in and we were just, our eyes were watering. Oh and he came gosh, over and he goes, bro. hey guys. And he went, oh, okay, sorry, man. And we're like, <laughs> so we when did, did I, you, go ahead, go ahead. I couldn't tell anyone. I think Pavone just knew, I, you know, because they had to keep it a secret. Yeah. Um, and then we filmed it July 28th in Montreal during the Just for Laughs Festival. My little brother, my little brother flew out from Windsor. One of my little brothers, Joe, and uh, it was such a, you know, I, to answer your question, like what, I, at that point, dude, I was just happy that I was able to do that. I, I wasn't really thinking of what it could do after. You know, I was I was hoping it would take to another a, like a, a crazy level or a big level. And then after it came out, you know what I mean? I was just getting messages from places I've never like Brazil or. You know, people from Chicago would message me like, I've seen it five times. My dad's seen it like a bunch of times. So just getting that feedback, even if it was on like, it wasn't on a wild, like if I wasn't doing arenas after, I was like, yo, this is dope. I got to, to put out this half hour special and people from different parts of the world have messaged me, you know, not like crazy, but I mean, that's still nuts. I wouldn't imagine well, I mean, that. in places that you've definitely never been. No, I never been to like Brazil or like, uh, Spain or even London like getting messages from like London uh or the Middle East it was just all all so so, so awesome and okay. uh there's like uh, yeah so I, I think it it also helps to you know I don't want to like you helps you leverage you know what I mean it helps you like credit wise as a comic like oh he did a Netflix special so you can you can get more like maybe meetings or more in rooms you couldn't get into or even just placings uh, at comedy clubs, like, yo, I, I did a special for Netflix. They're like, oh, more chances to at least have the beginning of a conversation, I feel. Right, and also, especially if you're like a uh, comic in LA and you're trying to get gigs yeah. in New York, I'm sure that that's, oh, for uh, sure. that's a beautiful the, thing to say. The dopest part is that me and my sister grew up watching the show Blossom. And she had to watch the special and tweeted yeah. at tweeted at me and like send me oh, uh, no way bro and that was that was the reason i say that is like not on some like you know like a celebrity um uh dug it it was just that something that me and my sister would watch as kids so when i told my sister she was like what <laughs> I was like, I was like, like a random Mary. circle back that's great so how how long do you think um you would have considered yourself to be doing comedy and grinding and really uh working towards this netflix special before you got it you know, I know, I know, I know you said you were battling some issues, you know, being in uh, Brooklyn and not really having your footing maybe as like a, um, 
you know, like a full standing comedian. But uh, how long do you think that you were grinding before that happened? I was grinding, like in Canada, I was grinding, you know, it took me about 10 years to get to a level in Canada where I could tour the country and make a living. Like that, that happened like, like after 10 years, I was, did all the, I did most of the festivals in Canada. I was on TV in Canada, like uh, a very like popular show there called Mr. D, uh, I was MTV Live. So I had, I had, I had done, dipped my toes there. Do you know what I'm saying? And I was getting to a level there uh but then i had to move i moved because you have to get your credits to get your green card to show america that you're uh they say an extraordinary talent so in america though i had really not i wasn't doing anything so i think it was like plus 14 years i would say like maybe like 17 years before i got the netflix special but i found some success in canada prior to that but it still took me even in canada 10 plus years i would say it took like a long time but before your Netflix special, how many times do you think you thought about quitting? Like where you were, where you were very serious about it. Cause obviously in a stand-up comics head, that's gotta, that's gotta come around pretty often. Plus 40 times, maybe more. Should I even after the Netflix thing, I thought about quitting. I've even thought about quitting like a month ago. Like it just yeah. doesn't leave you and shit. Yeah. I would say right. I, I can't even tell you the number. It's too much. Right, but I mean, you power through, bro. And you're wearing a J. Are you wearing a J. Cole Dreamville shirt right now? Did I say I, that correctly? I am. Did I, I love, see that I correctly. I could see that. I could see that through. I saw like the top of his letters, and he's still wearing a Dreamville shirt, bro. <laughs> that is that is amazing. Read that Netflix special. I want to get it into your second biggest. Well, I don't know if, if I, I can um kind of rank the two and saying your second biggest accomplishment, but it definitely happened after the Netflix special. Yeah. I believe Um, you are currently co-starring in Hulu hit series Rami as Ahmed. You've been in every single episode. And why don't you speak a little bit about that? Just being on like a major network Netflix television show and being a recognizable face. Did Uh, I say, did I say Netflix? I said network. Hulu. Go ahead. Yeah. It's Hulu in America. And uh, you know, I I do want to say that I, I, give you props for putting me in every episode. I'm not in every episode, but I mean, like, I you're still- in, you're, in, you're I, in 17 episodes, no? I think so, I think you I- You are, bro, you are. <laughs> I did my research, you're in oh, 17. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> I didn't check. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. <laughs> I didn't check, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's, yeah, yeah, I, I Who, it all gets meshed together, I feel you. Yeah, but imagine I was Googling just the idea of me like alone in my room. Googling. No, I know you're like it. You like Crazy. wanted to make sure you have everything cool and right for Ted Jones World Podcast, but we got you, bro. So speak on the experience. Um, I've I've known Rami. I met Rami in New York actually at the Arab Comedy Festival, like through like maybe 10, 10 years ago or even more. I, he was like nineteen, I think, in a sketch troupe, and I was doing stand up, and we both talked. We were, he remembers this convo uh, about like, I was like, oh, I want to act because I've always wanted to eventually act. And he was like, oh, I want to do stand up. And then we linked up in 2015 again in for, like, I was in LA, he lives here and he was doing a show, putting on a show, stand up show. And I would do the stand up show. And we just kind of like got closer, like, you know, just hanging out more, talking more. I would stay at his crib. And I think uh, he had mentioned to me, I ran into him at a restaurant, him and Ryan Welsh, one of the writers, uh, that they had sold the show, I believe. And then I was like, wow, I was very excited. I was like, yo, that's so dope, man. I didn't know much about it. And then 
in New York when I moved, I ran into him at the same festival, Arab Comedy Festival, it was going on for a while, uh, at the stand or the old location. And he was like, do you want to audition? And I was like, fuck yeah, bro. Um, and I didn't really think I was going to get it, to be honest with you, because it's like auditioning, right? You never know. And then I was, uh, I was in China when he hit me up doing stand-up. So I had to get a self-tape. I was like, I have no one really to self-tape with. And he was like, uh, just do, do a monologue. I'll give you the scene. And then we, I had this, the, one of the promoters in Beijing, I, had to con I convinced her to self-tape me. I didn't even know what the show fully was about. And then she did the, the thing on the phone. And then after one take, she lowered it and she goes, no, let's do it again. Uh, which I thought was funny. And then we, I sent it and I, two days later, I found out I got booked for the pilot. And then we filmed the pilot in uh, Astoria in like, uh, I think December of like, and then in Story April, Queens. he hit me up. And then he was like, dude, it got picked up. And, uh, and then that was season one. And it was such a, I think I, I, even, I tell him all this stuff. So I was telling him like one of the, one of the when we filmed the house party scene, um, I was, they picked you up in the van and I was driving into like, I think Upper West Side. Um, I was like, wild. I was like, man, I started comedy in Windsor. I got a green card and now I'm filming in New York, like a TV show. I was like, that's such a wild, like, thought that like I've always wanted to have I've always wanted but it's like you're just sitting in this van and they're taking you to your trailer it's such a grateful thing to to be a to 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 be able to experience the show the crew like I'm I'm you know I'm friends with Mo Ammer who plays Mo on the show Steve I met during uh before we filmed the first season uh May I'm I'm good friends with now she plays the sister just everyone on the show from the from the uh, from the mom the dad the uncle it's just like so dope, so such a good uh, uh, chemistry. I feel such everyone wants to be there. Everyone loves doing being there, and it's just it feels like a family, bro. Nice man. So uh, two seasons of Rami um, have been on Hulu, and I saw that you guys are going to be picked up for a third season. Um, our questions here on Ted Jones World. When is that going to begin filming? Do you have any idea? Because I know that, I mean, it got confirmed like, what, a month ago, right? A month ago, yeah. I would say, man, I don't know full details again, but I would say in, in, in next year for sure. Like, I don't see it personally anytime soon. You know what I mean? I, and are I, I you, guys gonna be, you guys going to be filming in New York, L.A., or you don't really know yet? I don't know, but I, I might be both. I don't, I don't fully know. You know, I'm, I'm just assuming New York because that's, that's where we film. I want to film in New York, dude. I had fun in Staten Island, dude. <laughs> dude, New York is the place to be, man. We're flattening the curve over here. You, are, you do a great job, dude. I laugh, bro. I laugh. Dude, I'm, you should, you, if you're listening every single week, I'm, I'm talking about flattening the curve and us wearing masks. So, you know, big-time Canadian, Dave Varej, when you won the Juno Comedy Album of the Year, how did you feel about that? I mean, was that something that was kind of just like a one-off kind of experience? Like, I mean, the venue was huge. There were a ton of people there, but to be honest, I haven't I haven't heard of that. Is that because I'm I'm American? The Juno Comedy yeah. Album of the Year. So, well, Juno's Juno's is our Grammys, right? So I heard of the Juno's since I was a kid because it's like you know it's mostly heavy music, heavy comedy. Comedy was a was a category that they hadn't done in multiple years, bro. The lot right. they started doing it again in 2017. It took a long ass hiatus. So for it to come back with the with the uh, it was super 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 amazing a lot of it was uh, i feel from what i can remember ben miner is a comedian from canada who works at uh, sirius xm there 
and he helped, I think, put it, bring it back into the fold. So I always, you know, we got to give him props for that. So yeah, I guess Americans wouldn't know and it's understandable because it's like, yeah, it's like, again, it's like our Grammys and the comedy categories is so new again that um, I wasn't even aware of it in a sense. I, I remember Ivan Decker won the first year it came back in 2017 and I was like, whoa, that's so dope. We had recorded a special like video that I, it's called Good Friend, Bad Grammar. And then after, I think my manager and, and, and the producer, Millen, were like, I think they were like, you know, you could submit this to the Junos. We'll make it an audio and we'll submit it to the Junos. We'll also put it out as an audio. I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's cool. And then when I got nominated, I remember I was flew in from Calgary. I landed and when I opened my phone, it was like, oh, you got nominated. I was like, super thrilled. I was like, oh, dude, we worked so hard on this album and this video and like this special, like everyone a part of it, you know, the art from the artwork to everything. I really want this to be, to be represented and shown from all the hard work we put in. So then when I got nominated, I was like, this is a super thrill. Winning was just like even crazier in my head because I was like, you know, I, 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 as a competitor, I, I should have won as a competitor. Just like as a, as if you're gonna, if I'm gonna be honest, I'm like I. I you, were thought, the, you were the best person in that category. I I, I I just I didn't even to be honest. I, I didn't listen to other people's albums. I'm not gonna sit here and say I did, but I you know so I wouldn't know what the work was like. But I just felt so strong about our our work that I was like, no, I, I think we're gonna win. We should win. That was my thought, you know, as a competitor. But like you know how you never know. So when I got there. And at the ceremonies, it wasn't until like maybe five seconds before the announcement, I just kind of felt it in my, I was like, I won. I just felt it. And I was like, and then, yeah. It was That's like, God's uh, touch, pal. So I just want to <laughs> jump, I want to jump back um, to Rami really quick, the um, Hulu TV series. And just talk a little bit about what it was like working with, I guess, one of your really tight friends, Rami, and, you know, him for the most part, I, I mean, having the show named after him, the show's really about him and the stereotypes that he goes through. How did you feel uh, working on set? And what are these st stereotypes that you deal with every day? Uh, he, his energy, like, you know, man, it starts with him because his energy was so good that it just went through the whole set, bro. Like, you know what I mean? I felt like, I felt there was like, uh, you know, he's so dope in a sense that he'll be like, uh, if you rift, he'll be like, oh, I like that. You know, you should do that again. Very supportive. He'll come talk to you. It's very gentle. It, it, you don't sense any, uh, you sense somebody who, like, you sense somebody who's grounded. So, so like, was he kind of, was he kind of the director for the most, or like co-directing with it? With he directed, movie? he directed multiple episodes, but like, I mean, like if we, most of my scenes were with him and Mo and Steve. Yeah. So, uh, and me and Mo are, are friends too. So, it felt like, you know, all of us, we, we are acting, but like we would, we would react the same way off camera. Like when they were like cut, we would have the, our personalities was the same way. We would gel that way. So what you see on camera kind of like loosely, that's how we gel as well. Right. Like Mo in real say, life. Like, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, he'd just be like, what the fuck are you saying, bro? Like in real life. <laughs> right. So it's just like um, reading the script, but also doing a good amount of improv in terms of just like how you guys are interacting. Uh, we, we, yeah, we'll go by the script, but there's moment, there's times where, you know, Rami will be like, yo, just, you know, riff this or, you know, and, and it's, and there's that freedom, which, you know, uh, you don't get, um, a lot, I'm assuming, or, you know, I just, so I feel, I have so much fun, bro, to be honest with you. Like, you know, this is, it's not even about, 
about uh, getting a job or money. Like I legitimately have a great time. And at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, I don't even want to go home. I'll just be hanging out. That's so great. I just love the whole crew. The whole crew's great. Like production, everybody wants to be there. That's the vibe you get. And it's just such a pleasure, pleasant time, both season. Uh, and we like, I've remained in contact with everyone, like most of the people and we kick it and we'll, you know, it's such, such a dope thing. My, me and the sister's relationship developed uh, stronger. Mm -hmm. And such everyone's so super talented, you know. You know what's interesting? Um, you know, watching these shows now on these networks and Amazon and, and Netflix, a Hulu, it just seems that like the acting for the most part is a lot looser. You know, it's definitely not a movie. You don't need to go over the script four hundred times and have the shot perfect Scorsese or have it perfectly panned out. It just seems like these um, shows that are coming out more and more are a lot looser and it's nicer to watch. And you could definitely tell that there's not like uh, pent up like Nicolas Cage, you know, smoking heaters outside of his trailer <laughs> and, and, and then running to set for like face off with John Travolta or whatever it is. It just seems like TV and things are slowly, you know, getting a little bit looser, a little bit more liberal. But hey, it's 2020. So uh, hopefully we're, we're moving in that direction. So, Dave, I know you are Lebanese, and uh, we definitely need to talk about the explosion, um, well, I, I believe it was about two weeks ago now, in Lebanon. So how has this affected at all um, your family and friends? And basically, this blowout in Lebanon was the size of Manhattan. So windows were, windows were broken like 10 miles from the actual explosion site itself, and I don't even think anyone living in Manhattan can really even fathom something like that or people living in Brooklyn or people living in a Silver yeah. Lake. So kind of just talk about how, when you heard that, I'm sure your reaction was pretty unique. Yeah. Well, most of my family, like my parents, my mom got to Canada when she was a kid and my dad, like same thing, a little bit older. So like most of my relatives and family members and cousins have left Lebanon. Like I don't um, even... I don't know. I might have like a, like a, like a ant there. I, I don't know. Like over time, everyone moved uh, outside of Lebanon. Uh, but I have friends there. I have friends that uh, have family still there. And it was, it was quite tragic. And, and I have a very close friend of mine. Um, she, her family and her friends, you know, they're going through it there and, and she's going through it too. So I, uh, you know, I've talked to her almost every day. You know what so I'm saying? Long what has been kind of like the government reaction. I know that the people in there are two gentlemen that are in charge of the I'm not 100 percent sure on the political situation over there. But I know that there are two gentlemen that are supposed to be or everyone wants them to step down. I think they did step down. I, yeah. I don't 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 take my word on that. I saw something where they stepped down. I think pe people um, also they're dealing with COVID as well. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like it's you have that and and it's like rebuilding now. It's just, sad. it's just so sad and tragic, man. I try to donate as much as I could. And I try to share as much as I could on social media to get other people to donate and to bring awareness to it. But uh, which I think we shouldn't stop. We should keep, we should keep um, uh, bringing awareness to it. Absolutely. And in a scary situation like that, when, you know, you're roaming the streets and you see buildings just torn down yeah. It's really important, I think, to get the money in the right hands. And um, hopefully that's happening over there. Because I definitely have seen a lot of relief funds for Lebanon and um, just in general, you know, just making sure that these funds go to the right place. Because 
just such a tragic um tragic situation over there but oh yeah it was so tragic i, I mean it, it's it's going to be tough to it's going to be tough to rebound from there so do you know what they are doing with the people who were super affected by the blast where I, they're putting them i don't know i got to talk to my friend more um i think you know yeah, it, it's, it, I would have to ask her, you know, I don't, I don't, I should do probably do a better job of, of being more informed and stuff. Again, you know, I, I've been talking to her every day. So it's like sucks seeing. Um, That's also pain. the last thing she wants to talk about too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They're just, she's trying to make sense of it as well too. Right. Cause her close family, like I think her, her mom and dad are there, like her family's all there. Wow. She just, she moved, she moved she moved to America to do comedy and stuff like that and to chase her dream and stuff like that. So it's gotta be like so difficult. And it is, I know from talking to her and stuff. Wait, yeah. Crazy. Well, God bless everyone over there in Lebanon. Um, they for sure need it. So I wanted to get your opinion on a rappers considering you are from Canada. And then I also want to talk a little bit about Toronto Raptor basketball, but let's start off with this guy, Tory Lanes. What is going on with Tory Lanez? Why hasn't he spoken up yet? Apparently, Tory Lanez, this rapper from Canada, shot Meg the Stallion, who's a, a rapper. And this happened like three weeks ago, and we haven't heard anything from Tory Lanez. So I really want to know what is going on with this guy, Tory Lanez. It seems that he got so big that he lived long enough to see himself turn into a villain. This guy had a record amount of views on his Instagram live and at the point where the head of Instagram was even co-signing him and saying that he was good for the brand and now this like why why isn't anyone speaking up I mean what do you think well I'm, I was a big fan of well you know his music that's how I came about to find him um I think he, I forgot what part of area Toronto he is uh, he's from um and you know I his mixtapes, the new Toronto. I was a fan of those, a fan of his albums, musically, rap wise. I, I mean, Dave, like you, he seemed like he got another guy who was just grinding and grinding. I remember hearing from him like four or five years ago saying that this next mixtape that he's going to put out is the best mixtape that anyone's ever heard. You know, oh, yeah, just, he did. just believing it before he even came to the fruition within the last year. Oh, he, very confident from like from what you see and what he tells you. And New Toronto 3 came out. He was just dope, dude. I just thought he was like, I thought lyrically he was so dope. I thought, you know, he would sing. It was just, just um, the production. Um, Broken a Minute was one of my favorites, is one of my favorite songs. And then you, I heard this news and I was just like, fuck, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know the details, but it's just from what it com looks like and sounds like it's so awful, like to, you know, just to bring violence to anyone. So it's just like, it's, it's just, it's just sad. You know what I mean? Well, like, and you know, he get, did he get his green card revoked? He got sent back to Canada? I don't know. He might, I heard he might've been, yeah, sent back to Canada, but it's just like, I don't, I, you know, you probably do have to say something, but again, I don't know the full story. Like, I mean, like, I don't know his side, like in a sense, I don't know what he's going through. Um, it's wrong. You know, I think violence just in general, obviously we both know it's wrong yeah. guns and I'm not, you know, that's, that's awful. It's just a situation where you're like, uh, just what the fuck happened? Why, why do that? Why was that even, why was that even a thing that happened? Yeah. I, I mean, it just seems like such an issue. You know, I go back to the phrase or word. I don't know if this is a phrase or word mind boggling. I think it's a phrase. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's mind dash boggling, but just for somebody to shoot somebody else, 
when you're at the top of your career um, over something that obviously is not that big of an issue because you're not speaking up about it is just wild to me. Yeah, um, and it's, I'm glad, you know, obviously it's great. It's a, so glad that she's safe, right? Like, do you know what I mean? It could have been worse. So, um, yeah, again, I don't, you know, I'm it's just... It's, yeah, it's man, just, well, yeah, the only reason I wanted to get your opinion on it is because he's from Canada, but that guy has got to figure it out. So, dude, the Toronto Rafters, do you have any thoughts on that? No, in a sense that I'm, you know, I didn't, I was never, I'm, you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, watching and being a fan of the Detroit Pistons, but oh, I don't really oh. like follow sports as much as I used to. So I kind of fell off in that thing. What I, I have a lot of friends that love the Raptors and I'm going to say this on here. last year when they won the championship, um, I wasn't uh, a fan. I was rooting against them. I'm going to say that. <laughs> I was very bad. What? Yeah, I was rooting against them, and um, I caused a lot of fights with my friends. I was uh, disrespectful to my country. So I would do like to, and I've apologized to <laughs> Alex Pavone about it, but I would like to apologize fully on here that I'm very sorry to my country and the Toronto There you Raptors. go. There you're, you're hearing it from the, from the yeah. Canada man's mouth. He is they sorry. Took, uh, they, they did What an exceptional run. What an exceptional victory. What, what a great thing for the country. Absolutely. It was such a beautiful moment. I do regret not enjoying it and being a part of it my own negativity and and hatred and <laughs> wrongful doing um affected that but uh they you know and now to watch what they're doing this year is you know i root for them this year i i, I can't because you know i got I, what i did last year but i'm telling you now it's like I, again i'm not a big basketball i don't know everything about it or follow it as regularly as real sports fans but what they're doing is amazing and i support them and i root for them well, bro, I, yeah, well, I hope you have a chance this year to celebrate them. So um, this just came out, I think, a couple hours ago in the news. The Toronto Raptors actually might not play. They might forfeit the rest of the playoffs to, to sit out and protest the unarmed shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin. I'm not sure if you had seen this. No, but, I didn't see that. Yeah, so three police officers followed um, a man into his car like while he was entering his car and shot him in the back like seven times. And now this guy's listed in stable condition, but he what the, why paralyzed did they from the waist down. Excuse me? Why did they shoot him? Sorry, I didn't mean to like... Uh, he was an unarmed black man. I don't know what exactly they shot him for. I'm sure that there was a story before they shot him, but he was unarmed and there were three officers trying to... At trying to contain him or if, if you just watch this video and if anyone has not watched this video jacob blake from wisconsin this guy got shot no joke seven times and is left paralyzed um by three the, cops the, in wisconsin the, uh, these kind of fucking seven why seven why i don't know man it's it's honestly it's honestly a crazy video and the racism in this country has got to stop and just just in general man uh, you talked about 9-11 on the top of the episode. Do you feel like at any time back in the day, like you were experiencing prejudice like that? Not to that level by any means, but it's just right. like, I don't know, man. Dude, look, there's racism in Canada for sure. A hundred percent. I've experienced it. I have friends that experienced it, but there's just this level of like fucking ignorance and just this another fucked up level that america does and i'm sorry it's just a, as a country it's just like awful bro. i know i live here 
but it's just awful. It's disrespectful. It's ignorant. It's just like, and then they're always like, gotta try to justify it. No, this is just wrong, bro. Lock them motherfuckers up, those cops. Take your badge away. You go do jail hell, time. I don't, hell, I don't, but, and then they're like, well, I don't need to know the fucking full story. Three, yeah, three guys with right, three dude. guns. You need to you're shoot someone right. seven times in the fucking back. No, man. It's just fuck, fuck you. I, I, it's, it's, you're, it's, you, I, it's too frustrating. It's almost like, uh, it's just too much. It's just too much, bro. It's not even like, I don't, not even debatable. I don't want to, no one should talk about it. There should just be like, these guys go to jail. That's it. Yeah. Now. And you know, and also speaking from like two white guys and we're saying it's just unthinkable that that this can even happen. And now how many months are going to go by now they have to investigate and then they have to decide if these officers were potentially in the wrong or if they thought he had a gun or, or whatever the situation may be. It just like seems like it's an ongoing circle of yeah. unfair action from the police. So, Dave, before we wrap up this episode, episode 52 of the Ted Jones World Podcast, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watching here on YouTube, rate, comment, and subscribe. And look at Dave's beautiful face, man. I know you've probably seen his face on Hulu, but this guy looks great here on the Ted Jones World Podcast. <laughs> So, Dave, is there anything you want to talk about, man, before we wrap this episode up? Tell us something interesting. Um, well, I'll tell you, though, the beautiful face, dude, is um, <laughs> is like I, you know, I've started to put cream on my face for the last two, three years. I'll really? And on your head, too, or just the beard? No, just the, just the face. And I have a thing for beard as well. So it's two separate, you know. It, it helps, dude. You know, I'm 40 man. Dude, you know what? I also want to compliment you. I don't think I've ever seen you with like a little too much double on the head. How often are I you shaving that ball that? Shave every other day, bro. Every other I, day. I, except during quarantine, I was like I was I wasn't leave I didn't leave the place for six to eight weeks. So I was just let it grow for like three days. But even then, after the fourth day, I'm like, nah, nobody's seeing this. I mean, except my roommate at the time. I was like, but I'm I'm like gonna shave it, but I never. It looks creepy, bro, to me. I don't like it when it grows only here and then lesser here. I don't like. Oh, dude, it, dude, it looks, it looks great on camera. So, what is, what's the? I mean, what are, what are your moves gonna be for the next month, man? What are you doing in September? What are you doing for Labor Day? Uh, How are you gonna start figuring out going back to normal in LA? Um, well, I'm going to probably go visit my family in Canada, probably in like November to like the new year. Um, as, uh, I'm going to try to get my, uh, California driver's license. I've been studying the written test. That's like big, I feel. Um, Definitely. and also just writing, not, not specifically stand up, but just writing other things. And, um, yeah, man, uh, I think trying to keep busy that way creatively. Totally. I mean, it's definitely important to stay busy, especially when we're all locked up in our not-so-big not so apartments, for sure. <laughs> Dave Mirage, episode 52, Ted Jones World Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. Dave, you're the man, dude. I will Thank talk you, to you soon. Yes, bro. Thanks. Peace out, bro.